Welcome into Kitchen Talk Pickleball Edition. I'm your host, Caitlin Miller. And this week joining us is Tanner Tomasi. He's a pickleball pro, but better known for all of his instructional content. Now we both met filming out in Arizona for Pickleball Paddle Battle. Tanner, it's so good to see you again. Yeah, it's so good to see you as well. I'm so excited to reconnect with you. I know. And it's so fun to watch. You're really blowing up on social media with all your instructional content. You now have more than 25,000 followers on Instagram. I mean, how did you kind of get started with this whole journey? Yeah, that's a great question. So I originally started the social media just because everybody had like a pickleball page. And I'm like, oh, if I want to like make it pro, I need another outlook. Everybody wants to make it pro. So my original plan was just to create like a social media page and put like five tips on there. And then the five tips like would just show that I'm like a player and know what I'm talking about. But after I did the five tips, I'm like, I'm just going to do this every day. Cause like they were gaining traction right off the start. And it's, I've posted one every day for, uh, however many posts I have, I think like 180. So that's wow. how long my page has been around. Wow, that's awesome. And I've seen too that you do some like quick 60 second videos and then you do longer ones like eight minutes. So, I mean, tell it to me a little bit about like the difference in those videos and kind of what their purpose is. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So uh, for me, I think of it like, like this way, like if I was going to play volleyball, I have no idea what I'm doing. So if I was scrolling on social media, I want to see like, what is this like? the kitchen line, like, what is it? You know what I mean? I don't want to watch like a very long video to figure out basic information. So I think the everyday pickleball player, especially like sub 4.0 has so many questions that can be answered very quick, but there's just longer videos to explain it. So I figured I could capitalize on that. And with the longer form videos, that's more of just everything, but broken down and explained why it's not like quick. It's, it's quick, to the point, but it's everything explained, like extended, so you fully understand it. I love it. And I know I was just telling you, I was, I'm in this group chat of pickleball women and they sent in your video and I was like, Tanner, he's famous. Like I know yeah, him. So people are just like loving your videos. Yeah, no, that, that's too funny. I play like a lot of the PPAs now, like the tournaments. Uh, like I said, I'm trying to like make it and I'll get like stopped and recognized like constantly. And at like my local course, people be like, oh, the TikTok guy. And they go, the TikTok guy. Because I'm always giving like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I love it. And remember when we filmed at Paddle Battle, I literally had Tanner do a reel with me. And, you know, if you watch any of his videos, he's so exaggerated, energetic and like moving around. And we kind of filmed one together like that. And it was so fun to see you. You obviously love it. Yeah, I really do like it. Uh, I don't know why. It's just like fun. Just that's like my true personality, like energetic, ready to go. And it's just fun bringing that out because I think that gets like uh, hidden in everyday life, social media. So like just seeing the real person is, is just fun for me, you know? Yeah. And you definitely show that. And I feel like recently a lot of people have tried to kind of start their own like instructional videos and do that. But obviously yours have gained a lot of traction. So what do you think has made you stand out so far? Um, what I think has made me stand out so far is a couple things. The first thing is a lot of the channels are beginner tips, like super beginner, kind of like regurgitated, regurgitated. I think there's myself 
and maybe a handful of other channels who are taking like the advanced level approach, which I think can be intriguing to lower level players just to see like what the thought process is out there. And along with that, I made my videos, as you said, very concise to the point, and I'm speaking directly to the camera where a lot of people will just write like what they're doing in the caption below and then just doing the motion on the screen. Um, so I think just like talking to the camera and maybe the this gets people's attention. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you said you've done it for 180 days, which is so crazy and remarkable because it's hard to stay consistent. So yeah. when you go out to the court to film, I mean, what are you kind of bringing out there with you? That's a great question. So a lot of people think I like batch the content and we'll do like weeks at a time. Like a common question I get is how many do you have in your drafts? Like 50. And I really just do one a day because I, I moved to Florida to pursue pickleball. So I play every day. So normally after like a session of playing or drilling, I just have a tripod and like a small microphone. And that's all I bring. I just film one after each session, edit it, post it and rinse and repeat. And is it hard because you've done so many videos? Is it like hard to come up with new content? That's a, that's a great question. So it, it, it's getting to be for YouTube videos just because it's longer form. I think for the shorter form content for Instagram, it's pretty easy because you can kind of replicate things on different levels. Um, for instance, like a third shot drop, uh, an aggressive third shot drop where you should hit it. There's so many different angles to each shot that you can break up in 60 seconds, where in a long form video, if I'm going over the third shot drop, I'm going to go over every angle of it in that video already. And does it kind of like help you just obviously when you go into more depth too about a third shot drop or a dinking or how to become a 5-0 player, um, does it kind of have you thinking about your game and help you on the court as well? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, yes, especially like, it's almost like teaching in a way, like teaching in person. Absolutely. Because I'll be like, it's funny. I'll like make a mistake and I'll try to like picture what I would be doing as if I'm teaching myself and be like, on my backhand, I'm popping up so much. Like you have to stay down, you know? So like sometimes I'll even film myself and like rewatch my shots and be like a teacher to myself in a way. Interesting. And I know you do most of the videos like with yourself or a drilling partner, but is there one that you just like loved filming? That's one of your favorites. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, I went, I live in Florida now, but my girlfriend lives in New Jersey, finishing out her last year at college. And then she's going to move down here with me to uh, Boca Raton, Florida. So when I went home to New Jersey, we filmed in an, like an indoor uh, facility. And we were doing like fast hands, like a video, had a, had a fast hands, whatever, like a pro. And like, I was like, all right, let's go. And I like hit her, maybe like, she was like black and blue, like accidentally. I just like kept tagging her. Oh, like, no, no, no. Like, get it, get it. But it was like, it was super funny. She was a good sport about it. But that was definitely my favorite to film. And she was yelling. Does, was funny. <laughs> does your girlfriend play pickleball? She does. That's actually how I met her. Like when I first ever played, she was at the courts. And uh, she had a, she tore her ACL since then playing soccer. So she's been out of the game for a little bit, but uh, when she's fully recovered, she's going to get back in it. Awesome. That's so fun to have a partner that does that. And I mean, obviously you've gained a lot of traction, like we said earlier. I mean, you have more than 25,000 followers now on Instagram. How did you, do you think, grow that following? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the way I grew that following 
was mainly from consistency, but more importantly, something I never understood. Um, like, as you know, I did like gaming online, like I did Fortnite streaming and grew a little bit of a big following with that. Uh, with the Fortnite following, it's definitely helped me learn some things. And that one main thing is make content that like you want to watch yourself. Like if you can't rewatch your own content and you're like, oh, it's cringy, it's this, like other people are going to feel the same way. You want to just put out valuable content that you find value in. And Tanner is being a little humble. He literally had hundreds of thousands of followers with his oh, gaming. Yeah. So oh. <laughs> big props to you. So do you think kind of just having that experience, like you said, with gaming really helped you now in the content world with pickleball? Yeah, I do. Because if I uh, were to open a restaurant, the guy that has already opened five restaurants is going to have an advantage over the person who's opening one for their first time. So I think I've learned, like I did it for three years, like religiously. Um, so I think I've really learned like the ins and outs of like, this is right. This is wrong. Like a quick little, like fun fact with like Facebook is if you post something, it should be a minimum of four hours before your next post. If you post something under four hours, your reach is like, it's like muted in a way. It doesn't go out to as many people. So that's just like a little wow. tidbit that how would you know, you know? Right, right. Interesting. And since you've now been in it for several months, just, I mean, obviously pickleball is blowing up, continues to, have you noticed a difference just in terms of like competition now and just the, the way content is, has it changed, would you say in the last several months? Yeah, that's a uh, phenomenal question. So when, before I started content, there was only like a couple pages or channels that I could think of that were like consistent and like were in it, like almost like full-time in a way, full-time producing content. Now that I've been in it and like, I like look at the other people that create and things like that, it is, um, there's a lot more people that are like all in with it, posting every day and like trying to become like, like a person, not a personality, but just like trying to be like the person when it comes to educational, when it comes to fun. Whereas before, I think people were just dabbling. But now that there's like so much opportunity in pickleball, and people are seeing the growth. Everybody's like, I'm, I'm all in. I'm going in before it like blows up. Kind of like Bitcoin. Yes, definitely. And obviously, you know, you travel around for tournaments. But this has really blown up. I mean, what are some of your goals? What would you like to do with this content? Oh, yeah. Um, I, my whole goal of the content originally was to become like a professional player. But like I said, everybody wants to become a pro. So I want to have a different angle to get like picked up or signed. Um, however, now that I've actually done the content, my goal is still to be like a number one top player, of course, like everybody. But I would also love to be in like the personality space, whether it's like not a commentator, but just like who knows what the future holds with pickleball. And I just think that maybe a show or maybe like the paddle battle, maybe something can come from it in that way. That's what I'm really like going for. I love that. And obviously you're getting recognized because guys, how cool is this? Tanner got asked to go instruct on a Royal Caribbean cruise. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's super neat. So I was actually in Costa Rica. No, I was in uh yeah, I was in Costa Rica um on just like a on a surf trip. I was with my girlfriend, her girlfriend, and her boyfriend. And we had a, we had like a three hour drive and we hired a driver to like go to this next location, whatever. And then I get like a random text and says it says like, Hi, I'm Chris. 
would you be interested of in teaching pickleball on a cruise? Give me a call. A Royal Caribbean cruise, give me a call. I'm like, how did this person even get my number? Like I thought it was like a <laughs> thought it was like a scam, but I like called and it was just like totally legit. We got like all the details uh hammered out after I got off my trip. And um yeah, I'm I'm headed on the cruise April eighth to the Bahamas. I'm giving like a presentation about myself to all the passengers and then teaching uh, a couple hours a day. And uh, it's, I'm just like really looking forward to it. Oh my gosh. Have you ever been on a cruise before? I've never been on one. So now that it's like comped, I'm like, yes, let's go. I'm in. Yeah, that's awesome. I've never been on one either. And that experience. So basically, I guess I'm sure they have a few pickleball courts or maybe one pickleball court on the cruise, which is cool in and of itself. And so then you'll be, I guess, teaching up there anyone who wants to sign up while you guys are on the boat? Yeah. So I think there's already like a, a head pro that is uh, on the boat and I'm going to be managing, not managing, but uh, in charge of like the open plays with like intermingling and then uh, like some clinics as well. But the main thing is like open plays, making sure everybody's included and making sure everybody like understands the shots if they have questions. Okay. That's awesome. So obviously like, you know, you want to be a pro or you are a pro, you want right. to continue with this content. So has this like led to really cool opportunities, you know, kind of like this experience that you would have never imagined in the pickleball space? Yeah, absolutely. So totally. So I didn't think that like it would really lead to anything, but this opportunity with the cruise, um, along with, um, a couple players from a World Series team reached out to me, a professional baseball team, and like wanted lessons. I haven't given them yet, but we're like in talks about doing it. Uh, they live like near me. So a lot of like high value people that really could like add value to me and I kind of value to them and they're just great to know have came from this that I never would expect like talking about pickleball online would do, you know? Yes. And so, I mean, speaking, that's a cool experience. If you could, you know, teach some baseball players, if you could collaborate with one person right now, who would it be? Oh, let's say, oh, you know, David Goggins. I am just, like, I love it. I'm so inspired by him. I love everything about him. So David Goggins, if I had to choose somebody. What type of video would you do? Do you think? Ooh, with him? <laughs> It'd probably be like, we're hitting a hundred thousand dinks today. And every time we mess up, we go back to zero. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I mean, you're like, this is a cool story too. I was like learning more and more about Tanner. He actually has a unique background. He was also a played in a professional paintball tournament in Australia. So obviously you come from a competitive background, but how did you get involved in paintballing? Yeah, so... Um... In 2016, I was 16 years old in high school. Um, I got into like paintballing for the first time, just talking with my friends about it in a, in the high school library. So we were talking, oh, let's go this weekend. And we ended up going and they stopped. Like they went one time and then stopped. I played every weekend for like six years. Like I never stopped. I joined a team. I traveled around just like for pickleball. And uh, the opportunity actually on my last year playing came about to go to Australia to play on a team. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, so I only went for six days to play the one tournament, but it was super neat just being over there and seeing what like life is like. 
Yeah. And look at all these sports taking you everywhere. And so then how did you get involved with pickleball? The first time I played pickleball was in high school. I like, that's how I found out about it. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty neat. But like, I didn't know like anybody actually played. So I always like said to myself, like, oh, I, I want to play pickleball. This is awesome. But I never like just knew it was really a real thing besides gym class. So during the pandemic, my friends like were playing pickleball at the local courts. Like, so you're socially distanced. And I yes. went, played for the first time. And I'm like, oh, or played for like the first time that wasn't in gym. I was like, oh, they actually have courts in my city. I had no idea. I played. And then ever since then, I just started watching videos online like I did with the paintball and became obsessed, like trying to figure out what a dink is, all this stuff. And here I am a couple of years later. Wow. So you're like definitely obviously like a visual learner. It sounds like you can kind of like watch something and pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah. Like trying to replicate like Ben Johns in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. And so now you're in Boca. So when did you kind of be like, oh my gosh, I want to make the move. I want to move to Florida and try to pursue pickleball, you know, as hard as you can. Yeah. There's a, uh, there was a couple things. So like I said, I'm, I'm two years older than my, uh, than my girlfriend. So she's still in college. So last year I only been in Boca for six months, but last year, like I've already graduated. She was a junior at the time and our college was like an hour away from both of our houses. And I would drive up and visit her like every weekend or whatever to like hang out. And I just like, every time I would drive up into that city, I would just have like a thing in my mind, like, I need to like take a risk. Like I'm this stage of my life. Life is already over. I need to like do something different. Like I just, I just didn't like seeing the same restaurants, the kids walking around. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Like with the pick, with the pickleball coming to Florida. So then my buddy, Brandon, who was also on the paddle battle was like, um, was thinking about going to Florida as well for a couple of months. And then that was all I needed to hear. I'm like, let's sign a two month lease. If we hate it, we can come home. And he ended up heading home after. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to stay. Like the weather's great. And just see like if I can really take pickleball to the next level. And was it scary? I mean, obviously you're still so young and this is, it's now or never, but was it scary to kind of like pick up your stuff from, you know, New Jersey and just move down to Florida? Yeah, I was actually like really nervous. And then the day that I was like supposed to leave, I was like having second thoughts. But, um, the thing that got me through it, because my intention was never to live down here full time. The intention was, I'm, all right, I'm going for two months. I'm on a vacation. If I like it, I'll stay an extra month. If I like it, I'll stay an extra month. And then I stayed, I went to two months, loved it. I stayed an extra month. I'm like, I, I like went home to like just visit. And I'm like, this is miserable. It's freezing. It's cold. And I have to beg a bunch of like older players to play. You know what I mean? Like, please play. Can we please do drills? So if I could drill like, twice a week it was like it was good but here it's like if i'm not drilling or playing like three times a day i'm like oh somebody's getting ahead of me you know yes and i feel like in florida it's such a huge community and you can play all year round basically like all the time so right. i'm sure there's a huge difference between playing up north in new jersey especially during these winter months versus down in florida yeah no huge difference uh there's just a lot of more people our age, like playing and trying to make it and just being like surrounded by that makes you a better player rather than you being the only one trying to make it. And everybody else is more of like just recreationally. 
Yes. And has it been easy to, to like, you know, pick up, move to Florida and then kind of like immerse yourself and meet those people who are trying to make it as well? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, that's a great question as well. Uh, you have so many uh, that are like just spot on. Um, it was, I was nervous, like making friends at first, like, oh shoot, like, how's this going to be? But um, a, a lot of people cared like about duper, as you know. So like yeah. my duper was really low when I first moved down here, but Brandon's was like five, nine or something. So it was high. So like I, I got dragged into all the games like with him. And then that's how I started like uh, getting my name out there to like people. And then that's how I started getting asked to play. But without him, I probably would still be like playing with the, the people that are like three O's. <laughs> and it was fun because you and your old roommate, Brandon, I mean, you guys got to go to pickleball paddle battle together, which uh, Tanner and I both filmed out in Phoenix. It was the first reality pickleball show. Um, so I know we can't go into too much detail, but overall, I mean, what was that experience like to film a reality pickleball show? That show was like, like looking back on it and in the moment, it was just like so fun. Like, I wish we could like relive it again. And as you know, the host Clayton said, he was like, guys, it's going to be over before you know it. So enjoy every second yeah. of it. He said that like the first night. And that was just, it's really like the perfect storm. They hand selected 16 people and like everybody staying together for seven days. They made sure like everybody's outgoing and a good personality. So like, I never would have thought I would be like good friends and still keeping in touch, but I keep in touch with like every single person I'd consider like a friend that I could just reach out to at any time. I know it's so crazy. You know, it really felt to me like adult camp for a week. It's like, <laughs> like we all came in not really knowing each other. We kind of like heard about each other, looked each other up right, and then right. you're like, you know, you're, we're in the same hotel. We're filming for gosh, like 10, 12 hours a day. But it was fun because like now I feel like I have, you know, I obviously knew people in Nashville and in New Jersey and New York, but like now I feel like I have all these pickleball, um, you know, contacts across the country and I can't wait to keep seeing you guys at tournaments and everything. Yeah, like I, I totally agree. I love seeing everybody. I think it's just made like pickleball um, in general way easier. I'll give you a like quick little story. So I just got back from the Arizona event, but when I went there, um, the person's house that I was supposed to stay at, it ended up being like $150 Uber. And it was um, from the airport. And it was like, it was like one in the morning. So I'm like, oh man, like, I don't really want to spend that much. So I called Zach from the show just at one in the morning. Yes. I was like, can I come stay with you? And he's like, uh, I'm at my girlfriend's full house with like his entire in-laws and everything. Uh, let me check. And he ended up saying yes. But I felt bad Aww. by that time, so I Ubered anyway. But it was just so nice. Like, I would have never had that if I didn't stay with him for seven days. And he, like, knows I'm a good person, you know? I know. It was so unique. And it was just, like, a bunch of just, like, amazing athletes, too. We had, like, an American Ninja Warrior, Duke soccer player. I mean, like, um, and then, you know, Ohio State soccer player with Danny. Like, I just felt like it was, like, all these like all-star athletes, you know, coming back and and into this competitive realm, but now with pickleball. So it was just such a unique environment to be in. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's super neat. Just pickleball in general. I feel like when you get like a real job and everything, it kind of like stops like your child life, you know, like of competing in sports on the teams. And I think pickleball gives everybody a, like a second chance to like 
relive, go out, travel, meet, where like otherwise they're just maybe stuck at their job and don't really have too much to look forward to. Exactly. And that's like been the biggest thing, especially for me, like just working full time and everything. I was like, I have not found something that I've truly loved as much as this, like since I was like a kid, like it's kind of weird to think about. And then it's just given me like a whole other social life, a whole other outlet and a whole other like purpose too. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously like going back to kind of your content stuff, like you do a lot of all like instructional video. Do you think you'd ever get on like the trend roller coaster or, you know, do other types of content as well? So something I learned through the gaming, it's at least what I think is it's super good for people to know, like when they think of you, they think of one thing. Um, I don't want to ever branch out and be like, not have people like know what, what they're going to see when they come to my channel for like, what's the latest and greatest for now. I'm definitely going to stick and continue to just educational. Cause like, I know it really well and it's done me well. I could see myself in the future, maybe like vlogging a tournament, like just for my YouTube channel or something like that, where it just like gives you like a little bit behind the scenes about my life. But besides that, I don't really see myself going too much farther. Okay. Interesting. That's actually good advice. So, and speaking of advice for someone, you know, wanting to create pickleball content or honestly, really any content, what advice would you give someone that's kind of just getting started? Yeah. So the first thing is definitely cliche. Um, Like just start. A lot of people are worried. Oh, the camera. Oh, this. Oh, I'm nervous. Oh, I look bad. Let me retake it 50 times. Um, so that's the first thing, but the second thing is do something that like you truly are passionate about. Like, don't try to fake it. If you hate like teaching and instructional, don't try to do the videos cause you're just going to get, don't try to do the videos on that cause you'll get just burnt out very easily. You have to do something that like you truly enjoy, like say trick shots, for example, like I'm sure there's somebody out there that wants to go behind the back between the legs. I mean, how many things can you do? But I'm sure there's like, you just do something that you truly like enjoy. You can't fake it. Social media, it has to be long-term and like thinking of years, not just like, oh, I'm going to do this for a month, you know? Yes, definitely. And the cool thing too nowadays, and this kind of comes back to like my whole broadcasting world. Like when I was in college, I remember like you had to check out the camera and have this like expensive camera. Nowadays, you literally just need your phone. The speaker's pretty good. The camera's amazing. And then, you know, you get like a little wireless mic. It's like, and then a tripod that's, you know, $20, $30. So it's like, I feel like if people want to do it nowadays, it's so accessible. It's so affordable. Obviously you can like ramp up your technology after, but I mean, even you that has a big following, you just go out on the court, right? With your like wireless mic and a, and your phone. That's all I use. I don't do anything more. Um, I edit entirely on my phone too. CapCut. It's a free app. I do everything just like quick, easy. Cause if it's, if it's not quick and easy, like I won't want to do it long-term. So I make sure yes. like everything is the easiest possible or like, I don't even want to start. And that's interesting. You say that I was in this group me where people were like talking about like hiring photographers and then someone who actually does a lot of content, he chimed in and he was like, guys, if you make it too complicated, you're not going to want to do it and you're not going to stay consistent at it. So yeah, that's a really good point. If you can't edit it quickly or do something quickly, you're not going to be, you're not going to have enough time for it. Right. Like, um, 
Another person I'm sure you're familiar with is like Alex Hermosi. Yes. Are you familiar with him? So I love like all of his stuff and relate it to like my life and everything in general. Something that he always says is like, if you're trying to lose weight, just take the ice cream out of the house because then like when you want the ice cream, you'll have to drive to the store. And that barrier of having to get out, go drive, go drive to the store and come back will make you not want to do it. So it's the same thing with the content. Like if I'm like, oh, well, I have to have my friend come out and he, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, no, it's just real quick and easy. It's the best way. And what about your thoughts about like, you know, captioning on the videos? Like, do you, when you're, you know, telling someone what to do, do you use a lot of that or do you mostly just kind of say that during your videos? Um, when you say captioning, do you mean like the captions on the screen? Yes. Like on the screen, not like oh, below it. Yeah. Yeah. So funny enough, uh, there's an app called captions that I use that mm -hmm. is, uh, it's like 10 bucks a month, but I use that for all of my videos. You can customize the style. And I think for short form content, it's good because it gets people looking at the screen to read it. Whereas for YouTube, I've dabbled with both and I found that actually captions on the screen detracts because on YouTube, you can click the captions on. So. On YouTube, it should just be education or not. Uh, it should be just uh, completely to the point. No extra like BS on the screen. Whereas uh, Instagram and short form, you're trying to almost capture people's attention to get the view and like earn the view. Interesting. Okay. And how much do you think like people can really learn just from, I mean, it's interesting. Cause like, I feel like when I learned how to play tennis as a kid, I always had to like hire a coach or, yeah. you know, get private lessons. And I feel like with pickleball, and I don't know if it was just because I had a tennis background, but I, I just watched YouTube videos. Like I literally watch videos like yourself. So how easy or how doable do you think it is to really learn the sport from social media content? I think it's like entirely possible. I have people reaching out for lessons and like, sometimes I'll just be like, I don't, at this stage, like, I don't think you need a lesson. If you just watch like these specific videos that I've posted, you will learn because it's, it's not like, uh, like you just need to learn, like just be exposed to it. You don't need to get everything technically to begin with, especially for pickleball. Like if somebody's newer and they're learning how to dink, they don't need a lesson for people to, for someone to say like, don't break your wrist, you know, just keep your wrist flat. Right. I can say that in a video and they can find it. It's not like super advanced stuff, especially in the beginning. Awesome. Well, Tanner, this is so helpful. I love following your journey. You're crushing it. You're like the king of social media for instruction yeah. right now. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see who will join us in the kitchen next time.